Thank you for watching the best barbecue show. I am here with a pit builder, a chef, a barbecue pit master, whatever you want to call him. This is Judd's Barbecue, Brad Robinson. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Uh, I just watched you cook three kinds of burgers, and we got them laid out in front of us. You want to give us a little run-through? <sighs> they look real tasty. Yeah, we got a lamb burger with some mint and shredded lettuce with a tzatziki mayonnaise and some feta cheese on top, also topped with some lovely diced red onions. Then we've got the bison burger, which is... Which one is that? I think that's one of the onions, right? That's this one over here. Yeah, this is the one with... It's got some... Uh, some spinach leaves, some blue cheese, some caramelized onions on a beautiful toasted Martin's potato roll. It's also got a really nice spicy mustardy mayonnaise on it. And then we've got the classic, the all beef, half pound smoked, seared, very akin to the L&L burger, which I know you're a big fan of. Oh, one of my favorite burgers in Texas. But it's got the, uh, the Chud made American cheese and uh, the rehydrated onions and all that good stuff. Well. Now, you have a, a, a long line of cooking, but would you say, like, I think the smoked burger is one of the best moves you can do with a burger. You, you feel like that's kind of in your top leagues as far as good burgers? I would say so. I'd say that's my, my claim to fame, at least as far as uh, oh, yeah? Leroy and Lewis is concerned. The burger is becoming uh, very popular at the, at the truck, and everyone seems to love it. And it's hard to go wrong. I mean, you got brisket trim that traditionally would go into the trash can at a lot of these big barbecue places and just to turn it into something super juicy and delicious and add another element to the menu other than just smoky, overcooked, sliced meats. It's a, it's a real treat. Well, and it's also, you cook it well. I mean, it's like not actually well done, but like, I don't know, it just always, whether I come there at noon or 9 p.m. Or what time do you close? Eight? Nine? Yeah, eight, nine. Depends yeah. on the, uh, the End day. of the day, if you happen to have one, it's still just as good as... So you guys also have kind of a way of like holding them and yeah, yeah that, that the, the secret to barbecue is keeping your meat good for as long as possible. Yeah, it's, it's always uh, really surprising to me the first time we, we did this. I didn't know that you could cook a burger to medium rare and then hold it and have it still come out pink. And even the next day, if we don't sell a burger, I'll usually throw them into the chili or something and I'll cut it open and it'll still be pink. Like the next day, it's pretty phenomenal. So, and you're seeing them pop up a lot more nowadays. Like a lot of barbecue spots are bringing on the smoked burger and I think it's a, it's a good move. Well, and it's a, I mean, I've seen it done. I've attempted it myself. You guys definitely have like an edge on it, but it, it's not the hardest thing to conquer as far as compared to brisket and ribs mm -hmm. and all that. Well, not at all. I mean, it's the, it's the simplicity of the burger that makes it so solid. You know, it's just the, your brisket dry rub, a little bit of smoke, a hard sear, and then just, you know onions and cheese there's really nothing special to it it's just the quality of the beef and uh all those all yeah. the everything just goes works out well start with good ingredients you get amazing food it's a it's magical like that yeah weird right where do you want to start with the lamb <sighs> yeah the lamb is calling my name and and this is still like medium it's great now, did you choose feta because you know it's going to already have a funky taste or what? Yeah, I was just trying to differentiate the burgers, get some salty notes on there. I know lamb, mint, feta, tzatziki, pretty traditional, and it just sounded good to me. 
and I had some feta in the fridge, so it worked out. <laughs> well, and it's got this mm. beautiful funk to it. You've got almost like zatar spices, like some dill or something in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dill, fresh garlic, Greek yogurt. Mm, it's real tasty. The trick is we have to like stagger our bites so one of say, us can was, keep talking. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nice and smoky too. So all these burgers are half pound burgers that we smoked to about 125 degrees, pulled off, let rest, then seared on the plancha. Very much like the L&L burger, but we've got three different options today. And were you ever hesitant to like really, because you like dip it in the spice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, the tough thing. I get that a lot on my, on my channel about the... the the heavy rub and that's something that a lot of people aren't used to because they think that you're going to overpower you want to let the meat shine through and all that or it's going to be too peppery but this is just your standard two to one pepper to salt and just cover it and throughout smoking it you're gonna like start roasting the pepper and it's going to be not as intense and it's not freshly cracked pepper either so it's not too intense to start with but it comes you get out a with specific this. mesh or yeah 16 mesh it's the way to go that's the you know, uh, Wayne Miller would ask you, is that uh, two to one by volume or by weight? You know, I did a weight test yesterday for the Patreon. We're doing a, a yield test video, and I did a two to one volume and weighed it, and it turned out to be exactly one pound of pepper to half pound of salt. So if you're using 16 mass and diamond, uh, diamond crystal kosher, it's the same thing, which surprised me. Well, and diamond crystal is uh, it's hard to come by. It's been off the shelves for even before the... This whole situation. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, I just go to Central Market. I don't have, like, I can't order things like right. can. <laughs> I don't have a food truck. Although, I'm, I'm sure I could probably uh, make a deal to sneak one out the back or yeah, something. Yeah, f- for sure, for sure. And so, I mean, you're, obviously, if anyone's seen your YouTube channel, they know that your recipes span a long gamut. Would you say... This was one of the first things you cook. Like, what? Where? Where did you start as far as the your barbecue history? You know, like on the channel or just me in general? No, just you in general. Like, what was? Uh, well, let's see. I grew up in the Northeast, much like you, and uh, I transplanted to Austin in 2013. And coming down here, I got a degree in audio engineering, so I came down here for the music scene and trying to make my way. Just spend a time in a warmer city, you know, all that good stuff. And as soon as I got down here, everyone was telling me I need to try the local barbecue. So I did, just thinking nothing of it. And then it's your classic story from there. You know, the one bite changes everything. And started cooking in the backyard, trying to replicate it so I could bring something home to my, to my parents. And upset, hobby turned into obsession. Obsession turned into job. And now here we are, five, ten years later. And was Friedman's your first barbecue job? or? Yeah, it was. So I was doing a lot of audio uh, jobs around town. I was kind of freelancing. doing Like, like sound guys for live music venues? Yeah, or? yeah. Like, li- I was doing a lot of live sound. I was like karaoke-ing. I was really? doing... That's like, badass. It was so... Like anything that had to do with audio. I was You'd just be a good of, karaoke host. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Drank a lot of shiners that year. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm just doing sound, doing live sound, some studio work, but it's it was freelance. So it was few and far between. Some weeks I'd do really well. Some weeks I would do... Uh, do really poorly so I got a job in the service industry to supplement the income and then you know just doing audio gigs on the weekend turned into a full-time waiter full-time bartender and I really kind of hated where it was going so I said I don't know what to do I need to take a left turn change something in my life and while I'm like what do I do and while I'm doing this I'm cooking a brisket in my backyard 
I really like this barbecue thing. Everyone tells me I'm doing a good job at it. So maybe I'll dip my toe into the barbecue world and uh, see how I can compare with the big dogs. So I hopped on Craigslist. Friedman's was hiring. Went in, met Evan. They hired me on, and I said, all right, I'm going to work here for the next three months. This was September of 2015. I said, I'll finish out the year and then start the new year fresh, go back into the audio world. But by the time New Year came in, I was a salaried sous chef and nice. really enjoying life. So, well, and you knew when you moved here, you know, the average Austinite back then had two or three jobs. Right. You know, like the, those of us who were hustlers, I had four or five at a time. Damn. And it was like a nice thing to have one job, to just be down to one. Right. Hi, Penelope. Yeah, Penelope's going crazy small. The Chuzz Barbecue meats. Dog is visiting here. Can you stick your head up? <laughs> it's up here. There's a little mouse. You know, I feed her so much quality meat. Like, I gave her some Wagyu brisket the other day, and I just want to hear, like, one, like, pleasurable sound. Just like a, mm. <laughs> She's just trying to take advantage of the new guy. Yeah, right. I'm going to take one more bite of this lamb burger. So, you're at Friedman's. You don't know it yet, but you're with, like, people who are going to spread out into some serious barbecue world. Mm-hmm. Was the burger where some of the newer ideas even, like, thrown around back then or was it more just like we cook classic texas yeah i mean friedman's originally started out with evan he wanted to do more unique stuff like what he's doing now like what we're doing now with Ryan lewis like he had a whole charcuterie program and all that but it just wasn't really catching on back then and it's kind of slowly morphed into traditional texas barbecue and when chris joined he really helped that along and it just slowly became like one of the strongest teams in barbecue. And like I look back on it and I didn't appreciate it enough, but like there's Evan and Chris McGee, who's now at the Switch, and then Lane, who's at Goldie's, Joel from Teddy's. And we had like a solid team of like really talented yeah. guys. And we had a blast because there was like a little internal competition of all of us trying to outcook the other one, which just worked out for everybody because we're all just like trying to do the best cook, the best ribs, the best brisket, all that good stuff. But well, then you just dropped this like barbecue bomb on Texas where it just people just went in their own direction and you and Evan stuck together, but everyone else is out yep. creating something too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it cool to say? I mean, the last time I saw Joel was at your event, right? Yeah, yeah. We did, uh, he came by, what, last summer? Yeah, that was last summer. Yeah. And that was, uh, I think Huckleberry was there too. Mm-hmm. Was that the Pitmaster Potluck? The Pitmaster Potluck. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I got some footage of, of that. I got a little interview there. Nice, nice. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember talking to you at the end of the night. After yeah, few, yeah. After everything was like shut down, yeah, it was after, still like, windy out. After a few beers. <laughs> That's what I like. I mean, I like people to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. I'd prefer it. You know how it is. I mean, I, we're not, you know, as much as I love 10-minute um, YouTube videos and all that, I, this, is the, this is the long form. We're here for the... You can take your time, yep, yep. talk about a burger. Speaking of, what's number two here, bison? Nice. Yeah, let's go for the bison burger. This is the, the caramelized onion blue cheese spinach bison burger. Show it to the camera one more time. Blue cheese, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of blue cheese. Hey, the bison's not too... It's like you can taste how lean it is. Mm-hmm. It's not funky. That's why I was going for the... Uh, for a blue cheese, you know, something with nice fat content to it. Because it's, yeah, it's a, it's a 90-10 on the lean. I tried to find some uh, actual bison that I could grind up with some beef fat and make a really good fatty, juicy burger. But finding bison is hard. But eventually I want to do a bison brisket on the channel. So hopefully, if anyone out there knows where to get one, just hit me up. 
You think they're smaller or bigger on a bison? Probably a little smaller, right? I mean, bison are pretty gigantic, but it'd be interesting to see. Well, bison and um, someone was talking about hunting, and they hunted buffalo, and they said the neck meat was really good, but you had to cook it forever because they have these like huge necks with like all their horns and their heads being held up, mm-hmm. and it's like they have to. I think it was on Joe Rogan. They were just talking about how like the neck meat's so good because they have these huge necks and hold up these huge heads. But you have to cook it real slow. And I was like, damn, we should get some of those into That's the barbecue. Perfect world. for barbecue. Yeah, all that uh, collagen connective tissue will turn it into gelatin over time. Hell yeah. I mean, that's why I like pho. That's why I like a lot of these things that I eat because you're just like breaking down the, the funky stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got a little kick to it, too. That uh, Yeah, it's spicy. That habanero mustard mayonnaise that I threw in there is uh, fighting back a little bit. That was some, some hot ones. Yeah, yeah. The heatness. I mean, I, heatness, can't stop that's buy- it. I can't stop buying those hot sauces. I'll show you my collection in a minute. Well, speaking of hot sauces, tell us about Heat Week and kind of how you guys have been doing that because that's a... That's now a few years going, right? Yeah, this is year three, I believe. And uh, yeah, so we wait till the hottest month of the year, which is the end of July, last week in July. And uh, it's usually pretty slow because it's 100 degrees plus and eating fatty barbecue is not on the top of everyone's uh, radar. But so to bring people in and uh, do something fun, we do a spicy special every day of the week. So Tuesday through, or I mean, sorry, Wednesday through Sunday, we do a really hot, special and it's we just keep raising the bar every year we had make, we had to make people sign waivers last year we're talking about giving out free gloves this year just because it's going to be tough well and chicken was on the menu mm-hmm. what are what are the other things on the list that were like real hot dishes the taco last year we did a a spicy crunchy taco wrapped in a flour tortilla and it was full of just super spicy meat and cheese, and it was just ridiculously hot. It was bright red because of all the cayenne. And uh, I remember that one standing out. We also did a scotch egg with a really hot sausage wrapped around a hard-boiled egg or a soft-boiled egg and topped that with some peppers and all that. And it's tough, especially doing the R&D for all this stuff. You know, you you got to make a batch, test it out to make sure it's spicy enough. It's like, oh, that's way too mild. we got to kick it up a notch. And then... Keep doing all these test batches, and by the end of the week, man, my spice tolerance is way higher. Yeah, it's almost it's almost worse because you pick something, and then later you're like, oh, this is way too hot. Right, right. So we need some more habanero powder in this. Where's that extract when you need it? <laughs> hey, you know, if you need people testing, yeah, I love spicy food. I know you do. Well, yeah, I keep you in mind when I'm uh, working on these recipes because you had a pretty high pain tolerance when it comes to capsaicin. Well, and I saw uh, you and I saw Evan sweating in one of your. Instagram story, so you're yeah. still testing, huh? Yeah, we just uh, we're we're doing Patreon videos for every Heat Week item. So we started oh, wow. we started shooting those uh, last week, and uh, we did the spicy meatball sub. That's the that's day one this year, and oh, that's what it was with meatball subs. Crazy hot, I mean. And is that you put it into the meat? Is it in the sauce? It's everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a spi- all it's levels. A spicy meatball <laughs> followed by a spicy marinara topped with some spicy peppers. And don't sleep on the uh, Leroy and Lewis Patreon. I mean, it's it's helping support an amazing local business. It's helping support this guy. Yeah, one hundred percent supporting me at this point. So yeah, help me out. <laughs> and and they are putting out. I mean, you guys are not slowing down as far as creating videos. Creating, you know, you're doing stuff for your own YouTube, but at the same time, they're creating all these videos with recipes and ideas and techniques that are not only, you know, very true to Texas, but also true to chef style. True to like. Mm-hmm. You know, knife skills, and I know you just did a video on uh, your knife roll. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying in the video, it's uh, 
the number one most requested thing I get. I always ask people at the end of every video, like, let me know what you want to see next. And like 80% of the comments are, where'd you get that knife set? And I'm like, really? Like building smokers, cooking meat, working at Leroy and Lewis, all the things I do. You just care about my knife roll, but. Sorry. Well, and it's not like it's a, you bought it as a set, right? Each, each. Well, that's the thing. Everyone thinks that it's a set. Like, I'm asking for my father. He likes cooking. I'm like, it's like 15 yeah. different knives that I chose for specific reasons. So, Like, I'm going to tag this Japanese dude, yep. this German guy. Like, I mean, are any of them... That looks like a somewhat custom knife that you were cutting the burgers with. Are most of them custom, or are they just kind of like high-end? Yeah, they're just your right-off-the-shelf, all sold on Amazon. Nothing too crazy, just uh, Shuns and Wistoffs and that kind of thing. Shuns supposedly makes one of the best brisket trimming knives, according to a lot of the guys. Yeah, I've got one. I talked about that in the video, actually, where uh, I got one because they, they, they're so sharp. You know what I mean? they got such a narrow blade on them, and it's like a 16-degree edge, so it's crazy. It's like a scalpel. And a lot of the time, it's just too much for, for brisket because... It's longer than I'm used to, but like that's I talk about it in the video that I'm just used to the Dexter Russell. I've been cooking trimming briskets with it for five years, but the main reason I like it is because it's got that uh, that rubber grip on it that no matter how much how wet it gets, you're not going to slip or greasy or whatever. Yeah, and, and especially with uh, with like going through cases of brisket where there's a lot of blood in the bag and you're going to get water everywhere, you don't want to you don't want to have a knife that's slipping yeah. on you. I mean, like, chef style is to keep one hand clean, but barbecue style, it's like, it's hard to keep anything yeah, clean. Yeah, barbecue style is keep your apron dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we're normalizing that uh, in the barbecue world. You know, there's a lot of people that have, you know, they want to have a channel or a cooking show, and everything's perfect and pristine and beautiful. But I, I like that YouTube and Instagram, I, I like that social media allows for everyone to just be a little, like, more natural, more mm -hmm. sloppy. You can show the dog hiding under the table. Exactly. How you right, doing? Penelope? That's the best part about uh, my own channel versus a Patreon. Like, because I'm cooking in my backyard, I don't need to worry about wearing a beard net or if I'm, if there's flies around because this is just me cooking. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and you shouldn't have to worry about it. I mean, I guess for the restaurant, but it's just like, it bothers me when people are like, you're not wearing gloves. It's like, it's a YouTube video in his kitchen. Yeah, no shit. The, the, the worst comment that I keep getting is in the hot dog video. I, I go and pet the dog at one point, and I pet her with my gloves on because I didn't want to get her yeah. hair into the grease. And it's a lot easier to just replace my gloves and go wash totally. my hands. And I was like, ew, did he just touch the dog and then go work with all the meat? It's like, yeah, man, I have one pair of gloves that yeah. I go through. I also well, touch the camera with my greasy hands. <laughs> well, and I like that YouTube has this kind of army of trolls. Like, it's YouTube so is known for stupid comments, but... I know that you're not taking it too seriously, and it's it's funny to see some of the guys I'm talking to. They're like, "Yeah, the comments are savage." It's mm -hmm. like, bro, you just gotta. I mean, yeah. I have I have bad reviews for the podcast from like five years ago, but it's like, I don't I don't remember what they say, but yeah. I remember that someone gave me a one star over like, you know, the intro music or something. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I kind of love the trolls. Honestly, I got my first troll the other day. And he was just ripping me apart on every video. Like, watch this guy cook and laugh. He knows nothing about barbecue. And it was, he kept posting them. Like, it was one night he posted like five or six on different videos. And I was just like, oh, come on, post another one. It's so funny. <laughs> Dragon Slayer 64. Yeah. Oh, man, what's his name? I don't remember. But yeah, look it up. It's real fun. Uh, well, and it's just funny to me because everything you do, I mean, now some of it's out there, but Texas barbecue still has very little representation and competition and a lot of bad habits and ideas 
are out there like it's gospel. Yeah, that's true. And listen, this guy knows more about barbecue than a lot of the bigger channels that cook briskets that you inject and season and right well i mean competition do. style is very well represented out there so well represented but and, don't listen to any of their recipes and people that have read the franklin book is also very well represented out there but there's a whole bunch there's a whole cuisine behind all of that you know there's so much more that goes into it than just brisket ribs and sausage well listen i'm not going to say i'm not going to say that it's not out there because if anyone wants to cook something good it's out there. Mm-hmm. The recipes are out there. The books are out there. But there's also like 8 to 10% of stuff that you just like won't know about until you cook a bunch. And then all of a sudden there's like this other, you know, it's like playing a video game. Like you can't get to level 10 without getting through 1 through 9. You cook a few dozen briskets. You cook 100 briskets. All of a sudden you're like, oh, beef tallow. Yeah. This is a whole nother thing. And you can get to those things that Aaron doesn't put in his videos. He doesn't put it in his book. But you can get to those things, but you have to cook hundreds of briskets to get there, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I don't mean to pull back the curtain on everyone, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, when Aaron did it, his video series, he pulled back the curtain on how yeah. to make really, like, super perfect brisket. And since he did that, the whole barbecue world was created. It's like a volcano, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, it was before he even gave away, before he even wrote the book. I mean, from 2009 yeah, when he started to 2012, yeah. like the amount of barbecue joints. I mean, when did Friedman's open? 2012. Yeah. So, and then from 2012 to now, it's been almost exponential. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be there might be almost 30 good barbecue joints just in Austin. Yeah, easily. Easily. And like, I keep hearing about new ones, and I feel bad that I didn't know about it. You know, I mean, yeah. like I just went to a random food truck a little while back that was near my metal shop. I'm like, that's a perfectly cooked brisket, and that's the thing is like. What Aaron did for brisket and ribs, like, we need to do that again. We need to have the second wave. Like, everyone should be able to cook this. And then, because once they can cook that, then they'll start doing other things. And the whole cuisine progresses. You know, rising tide raises all ships, so. Well, uh, my boy Clay uh, Cowgill over at uh, Snows likes to say that the, the Franklin guys always ask him how he cooks his ribs. Oh, yeah? <laughs> man, I miss Snows. How you I hold, miss Snows so much. In, man? Bro, every Saturday, like, today was a... I just sleep till like 11 because I'm like, I'm just going to sleep through the time I'd be at Snow's. I'm hitting up everybody. If Tootsie had a, if I had Tootsie's number, I'd be texting her too. Uh, but yeah, I miss Snow's like crazy. I miss the crew. I miss just like getting out of town. I've been, I've been having to like go for drives just to yeah, like Yeah, I remember you posted something about that the other day about how you just need to get out. And it's like, it makes sense. Like that Snow's, that Snow's trip is, I miss it. Well, I used to, I used to live in upstate New York and in upstate New York, like, you can drive 45 minutes and be in like an awesome little college town. So every weekend we'd just be getting the hell out, you know? Or yeah. when I lived in southern New York, we'd just go to the city. Right. It was like a 90-minute bus ride. You pay 12 bucks, you jump on a bus, and 90 minutes later you read a book, you're in the city. Yep. And like, that's just like in my blood from the cycle of doing that for decades. And so now I'm like, I got to get out of the city. Right. Like, this place will make you, any city will make you crazy because no, everyone's so focused on, like, how come people can't just like hold their steering wheel and look forward you know right. it's got to be changing things and texting people and like we all just need to enjoy the ride man right like, yeah i mean i know what you mean like when i was in, i went to college up in maine and i lived in new hampshire and, and just in that four-hour drive i would drive through like three or four states you know what I mean? yeah now it's oh man just texas is so big now it's eight hours and you're still in texas yeah, exactly <laughs> 
it's a big state but that's the cool thing is that we have somehow cornered the market on good barbecue like i still have yet to leave the state and have good barbecue that isn't texas barbecue right well that's the thing is like there's a lot of really good barbecue outside of texas but it's still texas style barbecue and i think that's just perfect and there's a few people that hit it right with some of that memphis or other styles Mm -hmm. but in general yeah like we're just we're just kind of lurking around in the in the texas world and and i think that i think the slow i think taking your time i think like almost trying to like too slow cook things is like the new move you know whether it's sous vide there's a hundred ways you see it in other stuff Mm -hmm. but just having a clean fire on a big pit you know i have a friend in houston and she just keeps cooking like on a kamado and and those things are great but like when you have the heat right under the brisket there's no way you can get it as good as when you have that nice convection flowing over it right i mean i was uh I was, I, on my on my new website i wrote i was writing a bio about myself what is it chuds barbecue Ch- yeah chuds barbecue.com Charles ba- chuds barbecue.com chuds bbq buy some pits yeah Stop. buy everything yep but i was writing a bio on myself which is basically a one sentence version of what we just talked about yeah exactly and i was trying to word you can make a bio that's more than one sentence yeah well no one cares <laughs> but uh, I was trying to word it why I was alerted to Texas barbecue coming from New Hampshire, and I was and I wrote, oh goodness, She's Penelope. Jesus, this is Penelope. She's our special surprise guest. She eats some good food. Okay, get down. But uh, I, I just said that there's something so primitive and primal about it. Like it's so simple. That's which is why I feel like Texas barbecue is caught on and blown up the way it is because it's not about a secret sauce or like a crazy rub or a unique smoking device or anything like that it's just simple ingredients done right and quality speaks well yeah and and you know it's crazy because i don't know if you've heard my story but when i was like 19 or 20 someone gave me steve ratchelin's like barbecue bible Mm -hmm. which you know no offense to him but there's not really a lot of good stuff in there except for some of the indirect cooking techniques I mean, back in the day when Bobby Flay was the America's pit master. You yeah. Know? Well, and like we would soak our wood chips. <clears throat> yeah. Someone asked me that at the truck the other day. He's like, you guys soak your logs? I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah, we get them real wet. And we soak them in gin. <laughs> no, man. Well, and, it's a and, fire. But that's what I mean. <laughs> until you know different. That's right. why like I'm on Reddit schooling kids. Because like until you know different, you don't realize you're doing it completely wrong. And so I was doing it. And I was like, okay. I'm soaking the wood. I'm doing everything right, but it's like coming out as this like red, like, like smoky, like too smoky, like 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 a like a dirty tire smoke. Ugh. You know. And I was like, and like people were still the the average person was still like, oh, th- this chicken's really good. It's juicy. Like I cooked it right, but I didn't realize. Oh, I just need like chunks of wood, and not any moisture. Mm-hmm. And I just it, it's just so funny to look back and and realize for a decade I was just doing dumb stuff. And just thinking, well, like knowing well, something better was there. Yeah. And then I came to Texas and I was like, oh. Here it is. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like everyone is overthinking it because everyone wants to have that secret recipe, that secret style. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, I soak my wood chips in a dash of Worcestershire sauce and then I use this mustard spritz and all this stuff. And it's like, because no one wants to admit that like at the end of the day, like the techniques are super simple. Well, and, and, bro, I've had so many people give me bourbon-soaked, like, log, like yeah. uh, little chunks and add some flavor to whatever. You're, it's like, no, that if you just leave that cube out for 
two minutes, the bourbon just evaporates off. Yeah, of it. yeah. I'm sure that uh, that little shot of bourbon steam is really going to affect this 12-hour cook. Well, and and I'll say it because you know I'm 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 kind of like the barbecue reporter, but that should be your I, name. Yeah, I use the hashtag hashtag barbecue reporter. Nice. All right, I'll sorry, I'll replace my meat man hashtag. With that. <laughs> but uh, I, I've cooked. I've cooked and I've cooked with people that good cured wood, even when it's cherry or maple, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's so expensive that you can't do that. But in my little stick burner, I can do it. Right. You know, and, and these, a lot of these woods can actually make good barbecue because when the fire's clean, the fire's clean. So you're not picking up a ton of that yeah, 100%. sweetness, a ton of all that stuff. I mean, look at Valentina's. They're doing briskets with, uh, with mesquite, mesquite, which yeah. everyone says you, you can only grill with. And it's not true at all. As long as you know how to work a fire properly. Yeah. You can use pretty much anything except for pine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet. I bet though, if you went to Valentina's, you'd be like, it, you would have to adjust to like their cook because it's a totally different yeah, style. You know, sure. even though it's probably only a maybe it probably cooks like a few hours faster or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're they're just destroying Miguel. The last time I was there, he made us like icebox pie and all for this real? like chef stuff. Oh my god, I was. Uh, I was hurting after that was when uh, that was after some big event and Robert Sierra was down there and yeah. Elliot Moss was in town. Um, that rancher guy, what's his name? Evan Tate. Evan Tate was yeah. there. Shout out to Evan Tate, dude. That guy really lives like a Texan. That guy is awesome, dude. Yeah. He has the dopest chuck wagon. He like he made like a new school <laughs> chuck wagon and just showed up at the truck one night. He's like, Brad, come look at this. I'm like, all right. It's like a back of a trailer that's got it's fully decked out with like cooking gear and oh, it's so cool. Yeah. He's on another level. I'm trying to make friends with Evan Tate. Don't tell him, though. Shh. Uh, but, yeah, so can you give us a little – Let's. you want to talk about the, the Oh, yeah, burger? let's go for burger. got one number, left? Yeah, let's go for burger number three here. This is just the your – OG beef? Your OG beef brisket burger smoked. It's got my homemade American cheese from the Chud Burger episode. Check it out. Pickles. Wow. Spicy yeah. sauce. You made the American cheese? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you, like, took – Another cheese and made it into American cheese, or what? Yeah, it's basically taking cheddar cheese and making it meltable because cheddar cheese doesn't tend to melt like American cheese does because uh, the oils and the milk salts tend to separate. So by adding a emulsifier into it and adding a little more liquid, it's going to become a little less dense and it'll stay together and get that perfect melty texture. So yeah, yeah. and it's um, you know, just like those Leroy and Lewis burgers, it's got that beautiful crust. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's tasty. Is that is that just lettuce on the bottom? It's dark. Some kind of leafy green. Yeah, just lettuce. A little uh, little, little lettuce, little, little pickles. Romaine. Classic. Oh, some thin, real diced onions. Diced tiny. Yeah, those are the uh, rehydrated onions, mm. which is uh, another one of my little pro tips in the in the burger video. You get those uh, dried onion flakes and just pour some boiling water on them. They come back. Really, like the like the. Um, oh, it starts with like an F. Like uh, Fritos, not Fritos. <laughs> yeah. What's if, the? If everyone was here, we'd have Fritos on this burger. <laughs> but, uh, but what's the what's the brand? It's like McCormick or something like that. No, probably French's. Like, <laughs> French's, that's it. Yeah, no, French's they, onions. Yeah, they make the they make that onion dip packet. But this is just like it's basically chopped dehydrated onions. But yeah, I was at McDonald's one time a while back. I'm like, is there someone back there dicing all these perfectly fine onions? So I looked it up, and it's like, no, they just use rehydrated onions. So. I gave it a shot, and it's got that really nice, uh, kind of masked on this burger because it's got so much beef on it. But it gives it that really nice nostalgic, like McDonald's, like not sharp onion, but like really savory onion flavor to it. 
It's also nice because you don't have to dice up a whole onion, you know, yeah. for one burger. I mean, as a chef, you probably have like a, I mean, you probably don't keep a counter, but I'm sure you've chopped 10,000 onions, right? So many onions. I mean, everything we have at Leroy and Lewis has an onion on top. You know, barbacoa, barbacado, the taco, <laughs> a lot of onions. And there's no real like automatic dicer. <sighs> no, man, I wish. When I figure that out, that'll be my, my way out. <laughs> The automatic dicer. Mm-hmm. There's a slap chop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would work. But it, it's probably not consistent, and you have to do it for a long time. It's not. It's not good for a commercial kitchen. Right. 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 Well, speaking of, you went from you know pretty good sized kitchen to working in a truck. Was there some adjustment to that, or you guys kind of you you have like a division of labor that makes it pretty easy? And you have a commissary too, right? Right. Well, I was gonna say the Freedman's Kitchen was about the size of the food truck, so that, oh, nice. was, a, that was a pretty easy transition. That was uh, actually we got a commissary at Freedman's towards the end, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, getting to the food truck, we started out just doing everything out of the truck, and that was painful. Luckily, there's only three of us working or four of us working at that point. And as time moves on, we got a professional kitchen, which is right down the road from my house, which is fantastic. Amazing. And we share it with Soursop and Spicy Boys, coincidentally. Two of the best trucks in the city. Yep. Teddy, who owns both, is my neighbor across the fence. Oh, nice. He was asking for a burger a little while ago. Bro, Austin is still a small town, no matter how big it gets. Yeah, right? It's just funny that I share a workspace and a backyard with this guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we share it with them, and it's, uh, it's really nice, like having a professional kitchen with a walk-in and it's not just like a back room converted into a kitchen like a lot of restaurants have it's like it's meant to be a kitchen it's got a hood it's got a stove big ass sinks big sinks yeah dumpsters grease traps the works and that's where i spend most of my time that's kind of my main role there is uh doing pretty much doing all the prep work like butchering 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 the hogs breaking down the briskets trimming all the beef cheeks making all the sides and that's where i stay and then sometimes i work on the truck if i need to but after the first few years of uh, sweating on that food truck, I decided that the AC was more my style. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? Were you always into butchering, or? No, I mean this has kind of just been a been a journey. This whole barbecue life is just kind of figuring out what I like and just pursuing new things all the way through. You know, like the first, I never butchered anything before, and then at one time Evan just threw a pig on the table and said, nice. "Give me some ribs." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> when do you feel like? Uh... But do you feel like it was like an interest of yours from the beginning? Oh, for sure. I'm a, definitely a, uh, to quote Jess, a hardcore carnivore. You know? Hell yeah. Meat is kind of on my mind at all times, which is a little weird to say out loud, but yeah. Shout out to Jess Prowse. Shout out to Jess. The most hardcore carnivore. She's, she's doing some good work. She just came out with a new rub, I think. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so breaking down pigs. I mean, also in barbecue, when you're doing something that has that, uh, that, you know, polarizing view. I'm talking about vegans right now. Like, it's nice to be able to source locally and know exactly what I'm doing. Like, instead of opening boxes of spare ribs, you know, I'm getting in whole pigs. And that just kind of gives me, makes me sleep a little better at night, knowing that I know what I'm doing and it's a craft and an art form rather than just opening boxes and, you know, throwing things on the pit. Well, and, uh, Leroy and Lewis, I think your style also, but Leroy and Lewis in general is a very, you know, they want to they want to source things as close as possible. They want y'all to get, you know, you're gonna get a better price if you can get more primal cuts, right? Mm-hmm. And that just adds to, especially when you're trying to 
make a, a Patreon and videos in general, all, doing a little butchering is always... I, I used to work in a commissary for a caterer that shared with Dai Due, which is a local mm-hmm. butcher. And watching them just like cut up a side of beef was... I could watch that all day. Right. It's tough, man. We've got a few sides of beef in uh, in the commissary. We got, a, we got a whole cow last year at one point. Wow. And... Just breaking that down was intense. It was intimidating. To be Are honest. there racks on the ceiling? Or no, no. You guys just like threw yeah, it over just, your back. Exactly. Yeah, we uh, we got it in quarters. So oh, okay. just had a little to, easier. A little easier. It's still like a three hundred pound piece of meat that I'm walking through my commissary kitchen with. So the building, the commissary kitchen, has like seven different kitchens or five different kitchens in it, and it's like a bagel shop, a catering place, and then like three vegan bakeries. And I'm just walking down the hall with this half of a cow on my shoulder, just waving, like, howdy. So that was kind of You got the look, though. Yeah, right. And the clean apron. Yeah, man. This is the cleanest apron you'll ever see me wear. (laughs) But, but, I mean, that's still, what, two, three hundred pounds? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a day at the gym just to be able to pick that up. Yeah, man. Our our hog guy, Sloan, he just walks in with two, two, like, half hogs on each shoulder just coming in. I'm like, that guy could throw me onto a roof if he had to. <laughs> just, like, guy is, he doesn't look that strong, but the way he throws those pigs around is like, the guy's got old He just man, knows. He knows where strength. the weight is. Yeah, and yeah. You do it for long enough, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like welding. Yeah. The first time I tried to help someone weld, I almost like broke my leg because like this piece of metal fell and Oof. I didn't realize it was Dude, that almost happened 100 pounds. almost happened to me yesterday. I just went out and picked up another uh, pipe for the 115, which is like a 3 8 inch thick, 24 inch by 5 foot pipe. Weighs like 500 pounds. Wow. And I used my engine hoist to get it out of, out of the truck, and then the cable snapped. And it came crashing down, and I was just like, if any part of me was under that, game over. Smashed. Yeah, so. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, escaped death long enough. These are the kinds of things that these men go through just to bring you good barbecue. Right. Can you believe it? <laughs> Someone's got to do it, right? Well, don't you think the love really kind of conquers everything else? Like it really takes over just because you care so much? Yeah, I was thinking about this today about how, I mean, the term pit master gets thrown around a lot and has a lot yeah. of negative Some people refuse to say it. That's what I'm saying. And I kind of like, because I would never refer to myself as a master of anything. And that's what everyone's kind of argument is. But then again, I didn't invent the term. And that's like what it says on my tax forms is Bradley Robinson Pitmaster. You know what I mean? But just having that title kind of makes me want to pursue more to try and earn it every day. You know? yeah. So it's like, if I can cook a brisket, great. Does that make me a pitmaster? Probably not. If I can break down a cow and then cook this meat that I just butchered, does that make me a pit master? I don't know, maybe. So then it's like, then let's pursue the, the pit building aspect of it. And just like every day trying to, just trying to grasp every side of this, of this barbecue industry and just learn as much as possible. Well, and I think, uh, I think mastering the craft is more what you care about. You know, whether you are, I think that most barbecue guys would never say they're a master of anything because I, I would say, especially everyone who's good sees themselves as constantly learning. Yeah, so there's no mastering student. of anything. Yeah, we're all students, you know? Yeah. And it's like, more like pit student. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, that's a new hashtag right there. Hashtag pit student. Pit student. Barbecue nerd, <laughs> et cetera. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's like I clearly care about what I'm doing because that's why I'm trying to pursue all these different, these different ventures. Uh, well, and it's like, it's so interesting because. The 
because you're pursuing so much, because you care about, like, just the way you, like, hold the patties, the way, like, every time I order something from Laura and Lewis, everyone, whether it's Clay or Phoebe or Sawyer or whoever's, like, in the window, they're, there's, like, some love into it. They, they assemble the, it's not like you guys are McDonald's style, like, the burger's done and you just hand it to someone, you know, like, every little piece gets put together. The barbacado, like, that could be such a, like, a, a phone it in Mm-hmm. recipe for any other place but you guys like actually take the time to make it like this big mound of deliciousness and i think that that people don't care about people who don't care about what they're doing it's very obvious but right. not everyone's looking for people who really care about what they're doing right and that's something that's unique to Leroy and lewis too is like we're a six person team yeah. you know what i mean and we're serving the highest quality things we can so it's like you have to care about it because if you drop that half pound of Akaushi brisket, like that's a significant part of our budget, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I think it's a pretty unique experience because you're not going to find that amount of detail with quality in such a small, weird, unique little food truck anywhere else. And well, and it's not like, it's not like it's six, like there's a general manager, like y'all are chefs, like there's not really like a, there's no just like, hey, I work at Laura and Lewis, like it's like, a solid team of very specific skills Mm -hmm. and because of that when whenever you know we're all waiting for the news but whenever there is a brick and mortar that it's going to be so easy to just cut and paste that team and then just put everyone like underneath y'all you know right right. and have a fucking army i can't wait i can't wait there's some there's some moves being made but hopefully uh with with all this covid going on yeah we got everyone's everyone's being patient i think uh I've been very proud of the barbecue world because people aren't really pushing anything. They're all supporting. I mean, Snows and a lot of these places, uh, Louis Miller, are doing a ton of shipping, and that's keeping their whole business going. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to see that because barbecue, like turning barbecue into something that can be to-go or something that's a lower capacity, yeah, maybe like your actual total profits are going to go down, but... I think that the barbecue industry has done a really good job of adapting to all the changes so that most of the places are staying open. There's only a few that I I can think of that have closed, you know? Right. And y'all were, y'all moved your truck and put it in the parking lot and had like a whole touchless, no contact system. Like you guys have been hopping to it like the moment that the the laws or the situation changes. Right. Well, I mean, again, that's another advantage of being such a small team is like, it's a small team of dedicated, really intelligent people. So it's like when, you know, something comes our way, it's like, all right, well, what's the next move? Let's switch to more online content. Let's switch to a drive-through, which has been really nice. And barbecue especially really lends itself well to a to-go takeout kind of model. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're like fried foods and other things like that and like fresh steaks and stuff may not travel as well and it's a lot more about the presentation and that kind of stuff but with barbecue you know you're pretty much taking half of it home any time half the time anyway so well and it's that's what i mean by adapting is like y'all have to adapt to you know a a very fickle price for a brisket y'all have to adapt to you know you guys you guys force yourself to adapt because you will get half a hog and that will change what okay well this is on the menu today this is on the menu tomorrow like mm-hmm. you're you're sourcing local and trying to use the whole animal so your menu is it, it, it's fun because it's always changing it's always adapting so adapting to it like an external situation isn't that tough because internally you guys are all like superstars 
Well, thank you. I was going to say you're the first person to refer to me as a chef, so I, <laughs> I can hear my friends just laughing. Well, if Evan Leroy taught you anything, you yeah, know, right? then you probably are a chef at some level. I don't really know. Within chefs, I know there's a bunch of words, but I don't really know what any of that stuff means. Yeah, well, it's a lot of stuff in French. Well, I appreciate it. You're making yeah. me feel good. Bro, mm-hmm. you just put together three unique burgers, all well-spiced, all well, you know, it's a, it's a, I think that I'm happy to give people whatever label because I think that people, I think that there's like an imposter syndrome that we all have. Like, I still don't feel like a YouTuber, mm-hmm. you know, but it, I'm just going to keep doing it. I know the feeling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're new YouTubers, but at the same time. We're just going to keep doing it, and whether we feel like we belong or not, we're going to keep it going. I was going to say, I'm not sure if you noticed this yet, but on, you my, got a TikTok? on my TikTok that I just started a couple weeks back, I've got one follow. I'm following one person. Nice. And it's Is that you. me? So, there you well, go. then I better get on my TikTok game before they outlaw it. I know, man. I was my buddy texted me saying they're outlawing TikTok, and I threw up uh, like a few videos the other day, and one of them almost oh, yeah. has a million views already. I was going to say, you're you've already. Thoroughly surpassed me as far as... And I was like, I just put it up and didn't check it for a few days. I'm like, whatever, I don't know what this TikTok is. And I'm like, oh shit, this is growing. And then they're like, I'm like, cool, I'm making it on one platform. They're like, we're going to shut it down. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm hoping that they can figure something out because I think that TikTok has been... I think that one of the problems with all this social media, uh, YouTube, everything, is that people feel like they have to have this thing they don't have. And you don't realize that it's been living on people that just figured it out. You know, like we could have, we could make this whole interview with our phones. Right. Some of my first, some of the interviews you see on my channel are made with phones. Right. And I think that we're more interesting than whatever device we use, whether it's perfect HD or not. Right. hundred percent. And that's what I'm, I'm just trying to be more interesting. Right. Well, I mean, if you have something to say and a point of view, then it doesn't matter how you say it as long as you get it out there. Well, luckily I'm, in the center of, you know, the barbecue capital of the world. Yeah, it's not a bad place to be. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling someone the other day, it's like I've got multiple international interviews, Australians, Brazilians, because uh, Italians, just because just from sitting around in Austin, like, and half the time it's Clay. Shout out to Clay Cowgill again for he'll 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 just be at snows and like at 8 a.m. Someone will come early. He's like, yo, this guy's here from X, Y, Z or half the Franklin guys I met through clay and like he's always kind of he's like yo i'm gonna get this guy on your show yes <laughs> he's trying to get me with some australian rugby player now that i guess <laughs> hit him up on instagram he's all he's just like clay is such a he's in so much support of what we do and he was like one of my first interviews so he's a great guy i haven't seen him in a while he used to come by the truck every now and then but <sighs> man i'll go drag him out of lexington soon enough yeah man what's he doing out there they're cooking man they're yeah, he's always tootsie. cooking i see his stories like Always cooking, shipping meats. Well, what do you guys, uh, you guys open four or five days a week now? Yeah, Wednesday to Sunday, uh, depending on the state of the world, uh, usually 11 till 9-ish. And uh, yeah, Cosmic Coffee is still open at this time, so you can still come in, get a beer, all that good stuff. Please wear a mask when you come. Yeah, of course. You know, a lot of At this point, if you're like... I mean, it's mandatory now, but still, like people just show up, like stick their heads in the pit room and just like, come on, man. Well, and I even, I, I live on a hill and I rode my bike down to just go get like a water from the corner store. And as soon as I walked up to the door, I realized I didn't have a mask. So I rode my bike all the way back up the hill. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even going to try to do that like shirt thing or yeah. whatever. Like I'm, I, I have one in my car. I got one in my glove compartment. I got one hanging from the rear view. I got three in my office. Like 
Yeah, I made that mistake too. I drove to Lowe's like at eight o'clock, like right before they closed, because I ran out of welding wire, and I'm like, oh, I need to get this done tonight, and I forgot my mask. I was like, no. So I had to come. Back. I rushed back, got the mask. Oh man. So yeah, now I have one in my pocket, like two in my car, one yeah. in my backpack. I had one in this little my brick vault pocket here, but I took it out because I was afraid I was gonna get all sweaty. Yeah. Standing out there. Yeah, the masks, man, they they get sweaty. They come in handy though in the smokehouse. Tell you what, I mean. Yeah, it actually blocks a lot of the bad yeah, stuff you right? could be breathing. Yeah, I mean, you look like a wimp if you're wearing it normally, but nowadays. <laughs> well, and I've seen, definitely when people are uh, when people are cleaning pits, I've seen them wear masks. Yeah. It's Not a, necessarily like those N95, but they would like put a bandana over just because of all the par- particulates and greasy. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been trying to wear my, I got a ventilator too for, nice. for the welding shop. Oh, yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, between like the years of smoking meats and all the welding fumes. I'm like, we got to start taking some safety precautions here. Yeah. Getting older. Well, and that, that trailer you built still has some pretty good airflow though, too. It's not like I've been in pit rooms where I'm like, y'all need like a fan in here or something. Yeah. We talked about putting a fan in there. That still, uh, still needs to happen. It'd be real nice. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that pit room gets hot. It's, I still don't remember why I put a solid steel wall on it. (laughs) I, like, I had a really good reason at the time, and I cannot, for the life of me, think about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, I think that was the Pitmaster Potluck, where uh, S.O.O. was uh, yeah, talking a little smack. Fijis, they, yeah, they were pissed. Yeah, Fijis, that's right, Patrick was. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, got, they were the first ones to ever get a chud box over 1,000 degrees, so. Wow. That may, that may have had something to do with it. <laughs> uh, were they, what were they cooking in it? Oh, I don't remember. They were doing some chicken of some sort. They were just running it. Yeah, man. They were they were they use it as a grill. But yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it's still still working to this day, so that's surprising. Yeah. It's solid steel, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And and how many of those have you sold at this point? Ooh, geez, I don't know. Four or five. I've got another I got another I see them everywhere. I mean the the um is that the the Tales from the Pits guys have one? Yep, yep, yep. They bought one. There's one in uh in Kansas, okay. There's uh, one at Brick Vault. They've got they got the all right. Yeah, one. I was there when they delivered the one to Brick Vault, or Evan did. Yeah, they got the first one, Wright's Barbecue in uh, Arkansas. He's got oh, one. Yeah. I'm he's going... on the come up too. Have you seen him? He's going hard. Yeah. Man, Every time I go on my Instagram, it's just he's holding his phone. Yeah, man. I've got uh, I got some of his sauce around here somewhere. Nice. Shout out to Wright's. Keep yeah. it up. Love that guy. We man. love watching you. Me and him had a real tough time getting that chud box into the back of his lifted truck. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, well, you know, I got plenty of stories about loading these things up. <laughs> Texas isn't the only state where people have unnecessary, like uh, John Brotherton right now. He's got an awesome truck, but I'm just like, what are you gonna do with that? Like, you're gonna have to, like, does your does your pit even jack up high enough to like pull <laughs> behind that? Oh man, I'm actually building two more chud boxes uh, in the next week or two for for Joel at uh, Teddy's. So Teddy's. He's, he's coming up to get one. Southern Texas. Yeah, and one of his buddies down there, Salt and Fire, he's getting one too. So, oh yeah, Salt and Fire, I met him at Pitmaster Potluck too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nice. get some more direct heat action out there, which will be very nice. Well, tell us more about Chuds. What's next on the the video queue? Uh, next up, I shot my knife roll video. We talked about that. Yeah. And then uh, I'm basically just trying to knock out all the classics and then start getting into some more weird stuff. You know, like get the brisket rib sausage out of there, and now I can do like hot dogs and. This week doing the knife roll, probably do another build video pretty soon. That's always fun. Those take a little while longer to make, but there's a lot of shots, I'm guessing. A lot of shots, but also like just the building process in general yeah. takes a lot longer than cooking a chicken. Well, when breast. you have to move the camera every step too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of these days I'll get multiple cameras and make life a little easier. 
Yeah, well, that's why you need to support y'all's YouTubers. If you're watching people, hit them up, click on their links to Amazon or whatever they're doing to make some money because we're all working hard trying to keep y'all entertained. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun being on, on this side of it. Like cooking for a camera versus cooking for a crowd or for someone, is a, it's a unique experience. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a lot well, of fun. And there's no way to cook for 20,000 people in real life, yeah, really. I mean, right? you could, but... You yeah. need like jumbotrons and yeah, now that windy, no, no way everyone could get a bite. Yeah, now that Windy City is canceled. We'll, we'll be in Windy City soon enough. Uh, funny story. I was um, talking to Evan about sneaking up there with y'all. So Yeah, yeah. Up, I was going to, you know, put my, my own dirty apron on and yep, yep. try to keep up. But that's, uh, that's in the works. So y'all are going to see me working in a lot of pits. Because I, I feel like I still need to prove, you know, I, yeah. I can do more than interview guys also. <laughs> Well, so at the end of every interview, we always talk about, you know, the the message to the people, the message to the barbecue people, the barbecue nerds, the the ones that, you know, you can talk about what is kind of trending on your site or just like your big tip on, you know, your philosophy. Uh, let's see. Message. I would say don't be afraid to try something new, whether you have experience in it or not. And that goes both in cooking and in like just general skill levels you know like when it comes to cooking there's a lot more to barbecue than just cooking a brisket you know like try a unique cut like i always go to the store and just try and find something i've never seen before and see how to cook it you know like do some research on it figure it out try and be unique and create and try and bring something new to the scene and also from uh from a personal standpoint like there's so much information out there on YouTube, on like the internet in general. And yeah. like, I feel like a lot of people aren't taking advantage of it. And you know, like I have no formal training in video editing, photography, cooking, yeah. you know, welding, any of that, but there's so much information out there that if you just have some passion and have a spark that you can really, you can teach yourself anything nowadays. So get out there, try some new stuff. If you have a good idea for a pit design, just do it. You know, you don't need any. Or send send the specs to this guy. I'll make a YouTube video about it. Exactly. There we, there we go. Might take a year or so with the amount of pits I got to build right now, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hey, you know, Moberg Moberg had a two year waiting list for a minute. Yeah. You know, it's a it, it's a the whole building thing is fun for me to watch because I never watching the scene explode. I never thought these devices, these tubes of metal, would be sent from Saudi Arabia to Copenhagen yeah, to yeah. all over America. Yeah, I get messages all the time from people in like the UK and stuff asking like, "Do you ship?" I'm like, "No, no, I don't ship." <laughs> be like, "Yeah, it's ten thousand dollars." Yeah, right. I build these on the weekends, but uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much. It. But also with pit building, man, it's a lot like like brisket. Like the it's more than the sum of its parts. It's not just beef, salt, pepper, smoke. It's something. It's a community. It's yeah. magic. You know, it's like these pits that like Moberg is making and Millscale are making. Like they they're it's the craftsmanship that you're paying for. You know, it's not just a cooking vessel. And that's what makes it so unique and cool. Well, and they're they're changing their design on the fly. Where if you see the first one they made and the tenth one they made, I mean, your chud boxes aren't all exactly the same. Yeah. Like each one is a handmade piece. It's like a Ferrari. So right. you have to realize like you're gonna get, you know, the next guy to order one is gonna get different options from the tenth guy or the hundredth guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's cool to see because I think we have you know not to get on a pedestal too much, but I think one of the problems in the country right now is that people don't like if someone changes an idea, they get put down for it. Right. And in barbecue, like everyone's keeping the old stuff alive, but they're also evolving it. And I like that no one's like, screw that. You can't make 
barbacoa this way. You can't smoke a burger. You can't. No, the, the best part about barbecue is there's very few voices just saying stop. Right. Everyone's just like, give me more. What is this? Exactly. Cook lamb. Cook this. Cook every, like, slow cook everything. Smoke, wood, fire. Like, let's do Santa Maria. Let's do, uh, you know, Santa Barbara style. Like, yeah, I mean, we all respect the tradition. We all expect or respect where it came from. But that doesn't mean it has to stop there, you know? It doesn't have to stop anywhere. Let's keep going. Let's, yeah. let's let's keep innovating. And if you haven't made a bison burger and a lamb burger before, these are tasty. <laughs> these are really I've good. I've never made these before. I'm definitely going to make these again. <laughs> and did you do anything to keep them juicy? You just smoked them? Just smoked them, yeah. yeah. Smoked them and seared them. To this day, the smoked burger is still my favorite burger. So if you're thinking about experimenting, even if you just like throw it in the oven at 250. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Just like reverse sear it. Slow and slow. But yeah. the smoke adds a little flavor. The whole, just dropping it into the salt and pepper, I think is just such a, mm-hmm. I think it's a badass move. I think it it's makes just, like great that, video. That crust yeah. down there is. The crust is, I'm going to get some slow-mo of that. But yeah, uh, so check out Chud's Barbecue, Instagram. Instagram, Chud's BBQ, everything. Twitter. Not on right? Twitter. Not on Twitter. I mean, I am, but I, I'm not very active. I've, I've definitely, I think I tagged you in one thing. Uh, soon to be Reddit. I'm trying to drag him into the. In, uh, introducing like real my, barbecue to some of these reddit dudes my girlfriend's a big uh, big redditor and, oh really and i was trying to get her i'm like hey will you just run my reddit page because i'm not really good at reading and writing and all that <laughs> yeah i mean so. it's you'd be surprised at how many people on reddit could use a little a little help you know they're they're yeah. they're, they're following these competition guys and we'll show them the gospel we'll show them the slow cook i've, I've already tagged i've already put up you and joe's uh and uh max's videos yeah yeah for a bunch that. of guys yeah so i've been i've been Spreading the the YouTube. Listen, I I love interviewing. I love talking to guys. I love getting the story. But you're not going to see if you want to see how to cook things. If you want to see all the details, this is your guy right here. These guys are they're sweating and working hard with whatever they got to really make uh, some amazing videos that are showing you every detail of good Texas barbecue, good techniques. I mean, I mean, what, what you're not really holding anything back, right? No way, man. I mean. Like I said, it's time to pull back the curtain and see where see where we go from here. Yeah, it's like a lot of comedians they throw out all their jokes, you know, January first. It's the same thing. Like we're gonna put it all out there, yep. and then let's see where it evolves to. Yeah, exactly. See what comes next. We're just beginning. Let's see what barbecue looks like in twenty thirty. If we make it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brad. Thank you for Appreciate having me. It. Appreciate and, uh, it. Thanks for the burgers. Yeah, I got a few extras, so you can uh, take some with you if you Ooh. want. And we're out. Hey, they call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hit on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle greener, showing the hell of like a meat on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now.